Assalamu alaikum, this is Muslim Health Talk. What does that mean? Our health has to do with nourishing our body, nourishing our mind, nourishing our soul, and nourishing our heart. And a really great way of doing this is keeping an eye on what the Prophet did and following through his footsteps with things that we learn in today's world as well. Thank you for joining me. Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma zidni ilman. Oh Allah, please increase us in knowledge. So we are on day 18 of this blessed month of Ramadan. MashaAllah. We're more than halfway through, so just a little bit more to go. And just remember the last 10 days of, Ram of fasting is a great time to ask for um, the safety for, from the protection of the hellfire, right? The first 10 days is to ask for for um, his the Prophet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's mercy, the second ten days is to ask for his maghfirah, his um, forgiveness, and the last ten days is to ask for his protection from the hellfire. So, Hadith number eighteen. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم القرآن حجة لك أو عليك our beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said that the Quran will be an evidence for the one on the Day of Judgment if he acts upon it and its commandments. Otherwise, it will be a proof against him who doesn't act upon it. This is related from Abdullah ibn Masood anhu, that the Quran will appear, will appear on the day of judgment and will intercede for the one who has read it and will then guide him into paradise. And then on the contrary, the Quran will be will bear witness against the one who has neglected it and will then drive him into hellfire. Audhu Billah. The Quran will either be an evidence for you on the day of judgment if you act on it or it will be one that is against you if you have neglected the Quran. It will be a guide if you have read it, if you have implemented, if you have um, uh, taught it to others and, and used it for your benefit. It will guide you to paradise. This hadith is showing the importance of the Quran. The miracles of our ummah is the Quran, right? If we just look at the, at the Quran, there is a cure for every illness that we can imagine in the Quran. But we have to, one, learn how to read the Quran, two, learn what the meanings or the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, means to us, what, what messages Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending us, what teachings the Prophet is teaching us. When we recite the Quran, the Quran, it is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to us, right? In his, because it's his words, subhanAllah. So try to understand what we are, what you're reading whenever you do read it. Um, I know it could be hard because of course it's in a different language, but mashallah, there's so many tafsirs, there's so many um, scholars who, who just in their own words explain 
sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. You just have to go to YouTube or find a program that says that the tafsir of this surah or this part of the Quran and that means the meaning and the understanding of the Quran. Every verse that we read, it has a lesson of what we are going through. So even though when we read the Quran, it's only like one uh, sentence, right? There is a, um, a huge meaning behind it. P scholars have written chapters and books on each surah of the Quran on each, I mean, just the, the surah Fatiha, right? There have been volumes written about what its meaning is. So can you imagine the rest of the Quran, what, what it has? And it, somebody knowledgeable needs to explain this to you because you cannot take it out of context, right? We don't know when the Prophet ﷺ received this ayah or when he received that ayah and what was he going through and what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean by that so just reading the meaning because I, I know a lot of Muslims will say oh well you know this is easy I'm just going to open up the a book of tafsir and I'm just going to write notes and I'm going to make sense of it you can't because you're taking it out of context you don't even know what context it actually belongs to so you really need to follow an a teacher, an ustad, someone who has knowledge of the Quran to, to help you learn what it means. I remember when I first became serious about Islam, a friend of mine and I were like, okay, you know what? We need to learn what the Quran means. Let's get together and have some coffee and we'll discuss it. And the first night we got together, we realized that there's no way we can do this. We shouldn't even try because in order for you to understand the meanings of the Quran, you need to have what, um, like a key to open up the lock of, of the treasures, right? And that key is the ustaz, the teachers that are, uh, that are, that are going to be your guide that will hold your hand and explain it to you properly. You don't want to have a m meaning from your own intellect thinking that it is something else when it really isn't, right? Um, I've been learning tafsir for the past few years and subhanAllah, I still have to go through my notes and I still have to remember oh, oh, or ask questions from my ustad and make sure that I understand the verses properly. Uh, but once you start understanding it, subhanAllah, like a whole ocean of knowledge opens up to you with each ayah, with each verse. But when we do try to understand what we have read, we will attain nur from reading it. We will attain light, which we need uh, to, to navigate our way on the Day of Judgment, right? Once a person does make a connection with the Quran, they read it. They understand it, they act upon it, and then it will be a proof for them on the Day of Judgment. It will speak for them on the Day of Judgment. The Qur'an will say that this person has read me. The Qur'an will come in a form of a strong person, a strong man who will erase our sins. No matter how close we are to the people of this world, when we die, no one is ready to stay, to stay there. When, when, you, when you are buried in the grave, no one is going to stay 
at the graveyard and um, be there for you because no matter how much you love someone, no matter how much you want to be there for them, when you bury them in the ground, and I've been through this and it's really difficult, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, you're, you're, you're very emotional and you're crying and you have tears and you, you don't want to leave them, but eventually you have to. You cannot just sit outside on the ground. Um, they're, they're six feet under. And so people will leave eventually after we die and they have buried us. No one will be with us. But the Quran will be there for you. That is the only thing that will be by your side after you have been buried. The Quran will come to our grave and they will protect us from all different sides. This is if we have read the Quran and we have understood it and we have implemented his teachings. The more we re read the Quran, the more we fulfill its right rights, it will come in a form of a very strong person to help us. And the less we read it and the less we fulfill its rights, then the Quran um, after we have been buried in the ground, we've died, the Quran will become a weak person and will not be able to protect us, will not be able to um, help us. So it is recommended, and this is just a recommendation, to complete two khatams a year of the Quran. And I know this seems really um, a lot for people who are struggling to read because I was there, I know how everyone feels, and it wasn't like I was... I was taught how to read Quran proficiently and properly at a very young age. I had to struggle through high school. I had to struggle through college. And eventually, it took me many years, but eventually I was able to, I was blessed with, um, it, it's a blessing. Seriously, it is. I was blessed with being able to learn to read properly. And when I did, I felt like my eyes opened up to the world for the first time and when I started learning about the tafsir and the meaning of the words of the Quran then a whole new world opened up to me so I highly recommend no matter how old you are never give up continue to struggle on your path to read to learn the Quran the Prophet wasallam has told us he has promised us that whoever struggles to read whoever struggles to understand whoever it's difficult for them to to learn the proper ways of reciting whoever it is it is a challenge for them to memorize the quran then they get double reward for doing that so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows he feels our pain he understands our struggle everyone doesn't learn in the same speed everyone do, it's not easy for everyone to learn the quran right but he knows that and he gives us double reward. So when I heard that, I was so motivated because I thought, Alhamdulillah, Allah understands. And so it motivated me to continue to learn, to continue to try and not give up. I had done a podcast on how I learned how to read the Quran, even if you don't have a teacher. And if you want to, um, it's a great one to listen to. It's very short, it's very simple, and I'm, I'm proof that it's, it works. But if you are able to get a teacher, that's even better, right? So how do we go about reading the Quran if you have a teacher? So first you learn to recite the Quran with a teacher. Then you read the tajweed, the proper way of pronouncing it. And you perfect it. 
then you start to begin to understand the meanings of it through tafsir, your tafsir teacher. And then you bring the amal into practice from the Quran, into your life, right? This is the highest stage. You learn what it means, that what the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, what messages He's giving us, what teachings um, He is teaching us to, to follow. And then we, we bring the amal into our life and we begin to practice it and make it a habit. When people asked the Prophet Sallallahu wife Aisha radiallahu anha to describe the Prophet Sallallahu to them she said he was a talking a walking Quran which meant that he lived his life where he Sallallahu alayhi wasallam lived the entire Quran in his life and everything and his actions and what he did we are told that to some the Quran will not pass their throat, um, which means that it does not go through their heart. Uh, may Allah protect us from that because they recite it beautifully, but they do not fulfill its rights of amal, you know, practicality of not implementing what it has been told to do, its teachings. So I don't usually give homework, right? Especially not on podcasts, but. Um, today, I'm just going to ask you guys to do something if you're able to, right? Make a goal. Write down what you would like to achieve in terms of reading the Quran in one year, right? Step by step. Like, I would like to be able to um, recite it properly, maybe the alphabets first, and then um, be able to say the, the, the words together. Whatever it takes, give yourself some goals to reach within a year. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that there is also a wa'id which speaks against us. And the Quran will speak against us if we see it, right? If we see it day in and day out, it's in our homes, but we do not recite it, we do not bring it into practice, we do not um, try to learn from you know try to struggle and learn and we just kind of avoid it right this quran will speak against us on the day of judgment it will testify against us and la qadrullah we don't want that to happen so a good thing is not to have too many qurans in your home because you don't want to neglect these extra qurans right so what you have you should open it as often as you can and read a little bit of it, right? Just keep one where you can fulfill its haq if, if you're not going to be able to get to all, many of them. So how do, we, how do we do that, right? The Quran will, will cry for it to be opened up and read if we don't. So I know in my home, I have way more Qurans than people in my home, right? I think we probably have two per person. And so I make it a habit where I have two Qur'ans. One was given to me when I was younger and the other one I purchased later because it was easy for me to, to read and I was used to that print. There's two prints. So um, what I did was I left one in my room, in my bedroom, and I leave one in the living room. And I make bookmarks, place bookmarks wherever I am. And so if I am reading, uh, praying in my room, and I have a few minutes 
and I have time to read the Quran, I will grab that Quran and I will read it there. But I will leave it in my bedroom. And then if I am reading, like today I read Surah Kaf. If I read Surah Kaf, then I will I will go to the living room because everyone. it was really early in the morning and people were asleep and I wanted to be um, quiet and not bother anyone. So I went to the the, kit, the living room and I sat there and I read the Quran that I had in the living room. And so in this way, I'm able to keep track of where I am. I can go back and forth, but from Quran to Quran, but I give each Quran its haq, its, its due, right? So there's also a, a, a way we're supposed to dispose the Quran when we have to. Let's say we, we have too many and we don't want to, or one of our Qurans, our mushafs, right, are falling apart. We, we don't call it, I know I keep saying Quran, but we should really call it a mushaf because technically the Quran, the word of Allah is not here, but the mushaf is a written form of the Quran that we have that we can hold and touch and feel. So if we have too many and we need to dispose of some of them or one is falling apart, then what we do, there are many ways that we can respectfully um, dispose of it. And one way is, the, the best way is to put it in water. And flowing water that will take it away and it will eventually be disposed, right? Another way, and that's the best way we can do it, but, but unfortunately we don't live in an area where there are streams around us, where there are rivers around us, where we can make sure that once we throw it, no one's going to pick it up and, and um, not allow it to be decomposed, right? Another way we can do is that we can bury it in the soil, bury it deep into an area where no one is walking over it, right? Eventually it will decompose into the earth. That's what happens with food. That's what happens with um, paper and newspaper. Um, the third way is that we can burn it. We can actually burn it and it's not disrespect because it would be disrespect if we allowed a Quran to fall apart and certain words not to be there, and um, certain pages be lost, and that would be more of a disrespect. That is a disrespect, but burning it is not, because now you're getting rid of everything and you're not allowing anyone to disrespect it. The last is to shred it, right? We can easily do that because we have shredding machines now, and this is the least recommended, of course, because we need to shred it properly where we don't read the words or two letters together because Arabic language is so that you don't always need the entire word to be together to mean something. You, they, you could also have the root word and it could still mean something and we don't want that to be um, available, right, if we want to shred some of it. So each let, letter must be separated from the other to because not to, so it's not considered the Quran, right? The Mus'haf. So you can, then you can dispose of it. There are many ways, and each individual can choose what they feel comfortable with because the Mus'haf, the Quran, is such an important and sacred book, right? Like I said before, the Quran will cry to be opened and to be read. This is your this this mushaf that you have at home it's you know guard it and make sure that you realize how special it is and it's your responsibility to take care of it and it's your responsibility to read it 
Um, I used to listen to a lot of stories of the Tabi'in, right? Who would give a whole night of sleep and they would read the Quran in prayer and ibadah. And I would wonder, like, how could someone spend like a whole night doing this? How is it possible? But now when you look around, you see people stuck on their cell phones, right? All night long. And then you realize like, yeah, it is possible to do that with something. So, but mashallah, the Sahaba, they had the beauty of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that love, that joy, that yearning to read, to learn his blessed words. Ameen. They had the the halawa of iman enter their hearts. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us have iman and increase in iman in our hearts. So if you're having if you're struggling with reading the Quran, try to find a teacher, like I said. If not, then find out ways where you can still listen to the recitation and try to um, read it on your own. And refer to my podcast because it's very, very um, helpful to help you learn how to read the Quran. And also, in the meantime, if you still are struggling and you cannot read, then continue to read it in English, right? Never lose your connection with the Quran. No matter how small, no matter how weak it might be, hold on to your connection to the Quran because that is basically your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the best way is to listen to a reciter that you really, really like. And follow along with your finger when you're reading it. If you do nothing else. So may Allah bless you with a beautiful recitation of the Quran. May he help you recite it in beautiful tajweed. So that inshallah he will be super pleased with you. Thank you for joining me, Maliha Mahmood, on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, MuslimHealthTalk.com. Assalamu alaikum.